One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, everyone. So today we're going to, the episode that we're going to record today has to do with the second quote of Luan's manifesto that I encourage you to read because it's, it's such a powerful um, call to action to believe in ourselves and believe in our talents. And the second quote is, you began to tell yourself that you were not good enough. Does it resonate with anyone here? For me, it definitely does. I think um, part of the struggle that we've had as human beings in our lives has been to not feeling good enough. And I remember in the Luan live sessions and in the Luan podcast with many different guests that we've had, I remember asking them, like, what is the most common pain that people look, you know, for a session, for example, for different, you know, mindfulness practitioners from different psychologists that we had. And it was funny enough to see that the common denominator was people not feeling good enough. So it's something that's way more common, no? way more um, popular than we might think. And it's quite destructive, quite destructive because it doesn't help us. It doesn't, doesn't kind of like make any change, any positive change inside of us. It's always keeping us playing small, no? So um, here are the reasons why we've always felt like not feeling good enough. And one of them is that we might have hidden core beliefs that are running the show behind our mind. The thoughts we actually hear in our heads are far less powerful than those that lurk in, in our unconscious. Low self-worth is inevitably connected to the buried and hidden assumptions about the world, others and ourselves that we mistake as them being a fact. So these core beliefs are often formed when we were children with a child's simple perspective. So they can be surprisingly dramatic and untrue. And yet we unwittingly base all of our life decisions around them, around these beliefs created by a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, just trying to belong in, the, in, it, in its group of origin. So for example, a child with a parent who suddenly leaves one day without offering a reason is not evolved to understand an adult having a mental breakdown or running off for space after a fight. In the child's mind, for example, the core belief is if you love someone, they leave you and it takes hold on it. Even if the parent does come back a few days later, the belief sticks and the child grows into an adult who never lets anyone close because people leave. No? Another reason is if you listen deeply, this is the second reason, if you listen deeply, your inner voice is actually very, very critical and very judgmental. So it is easy to convince ourselves that we, are, we can be positive thinkers, no? But many of us don't actually take the time to properly listen to our thoughts. If we do, we might discover it's a radio show of negativity. And it reminds me of this fabulous book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And he talks about in our mind that we live with this crazy roommate you know, that goes inside our head. And this kind of like we open our apartment 
And we see this guy sitting in our living room, all, this guy or girl, always telling us like, oh, Marianne, you did this terrible and you did this, this, and then that, and then you fucked it up here. And and it's constantly telling us all like the negative and narrating all of the negative things about ourselves and about our day and about the decisions we made and about everything. So it's a radio show of negativity. And we live with this roommate all the time in our mind. But our thoughts are not our mind. Our thoughts are not always real because our mind is constantly narrating to us things around us about, about our life. Okay? We surround ourselves. This is the third reason. We surround ourselves with critical people. Of course, some of us don't even need negative thoughts to ensure we always feel not good enough. But sometimes we let other people do the job for us by unconsciously and consciously showing toxic friendships and unhealthy relationships and then put others to put us down no matter how hard we try. A fourth reason is we had critical, demanding or aloof parents that left you feeling not good enough. Maybe you could have a good childhood. You lived in a nice house. Your parents never divorced. You never wanted for anything. But there's specific needs a child needs. Sometimes, you know, we get a child's, you know, physical needs satisfied. And then the emotional needs, sometimes they don't get satisfied. Or it could be, you know, many different kinds of, of needs that, that, that happen when we are in our childhood, no? So, um, but something that's quite common is that we want the approval and love of our caretakers and it's something that every child needs so if your parents always wanted you to be smarter or quieter or sportier or whatever fill in the blank or they favored your sibling whatever it was the message is that you were not enough as as, as you are it might have just been that your parent was not good at loving due to their own to their own unresolved issues it has more to do with their own personal work than it has to do with with you and as children, we naturally seek approval and love. So we learn to suffocate our real personality and become the good child at the price of turning into an adult who never feels a sense of world, of worth. And by becoming this good child is we're born with our essence. And then we, to, to be able to, to belong in our, in our family of origin, we develop this defensive state of canceling who we really are and creating this defense personality to be loved and accepted to ensure our survival. A uh, fifth, uh, fifth reason is that you, your main caregiver, couldn't offer you stability or safety. So some children have a parent who is simply unable to offer them an environment of safety where they can trust their parent to be there for them. Perhaps your parent was an alcoholic or suffered depression or was in a toxic relationship that demanded all their attention. If a parent is unwell, the child can feel responsible for the parent's happiness. So if you acted in a certain way and did certain things where somehow a better, smarter child than your parent would be okay of. But of course, a child can't fix such a parent or situation. So their endless codependency evolves into a belief that they're not good enough somehow to create the change within our parents. A sixth reason is that you didn't get enough attachment as a kid. But both of these points about parenting involve is not having a caregiver who was able to offer unconditional love and trust, or what is called an attachment in psychology, the famous attachment theory. If you had an attachment that was secure, that was avoidant, that was anxious, or, or, or that it was disorganized. And you can check more about the attachment theories online, but 
Attachment theory believes that for the first seven years of life, a child absolutely needs unconditional love and to be able to trust his or her primary caregiver. If, if this doesn't happen, we can end up with an anxious attachment, which involves never trusting yourself or others and lacking personal confidence. And a seventh reason is that you might experience strong traumas in the past. Of course, one way to develop negative core beliefs quickly as a child does not necessarily involve poor parenting. Childhood trauma decimates a child's sense of worth. Most children feel responsible for the trauma, particularly if it's physical abuse or sexual abuse. They internalize the idea that they're bad and worthless, and so they did deserve it. That's the belief that they internalize. So it, could, it doesn't matter. You could have any of these reasons. You could have one of them. You could have many of them. But the important thing here is what do we do about it? How do we start? How can we start you know, creating the change? And that is, you know, by going inside and doing the work, doing the dirty work, kind of like we cannot be running our lives constantly by the first seven years of our lives. And we must be mindful about and watching our, our thoughts about who is this inner critic? Who is this, you know, um, crazy roommate that's living in our mind that's constantly telling us that we're a failure, that we're not good enough, that we're incompetent, that we're incomplete, that we're X, Y, and Z. So... It's just something that I want to encourage, you know, the difference between a thought and something that actually creates what you really, 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 really are. Let's be mindful of those dialogues that we could be having with ourselves of not feeling good enough, because not feeling good enough is one of the most common things that human beings have. And it's something that is not as real as we might think, because we are completely capable human beings with tons of potential to explore and explode in, a life, in our lives. So I encourage you to dig deep, do the personal work on why you might be feeling, or we might be feeling, because I have it too sometimes, no? of not feeling good enough in any endeavor that we want to take in life, because I'm sure that we will find this paradise of possibilities of something different that we might be even better even greater than not feeling good enough so check out luan's manifesto which is full of this kind of quotes and messages that we believe in one that are quite strong and quite important for any creator and any artist around the world we know we feel you we see you and and this piece of advice is for you, for me for you for everyone who's listening to this podcast thank you want to keep the conversation going luan the world's first emotional museum designed a global online experience to inspire and explore follow us on instagram youtube telegram and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively